For just in a matter of hours, Republican voters in the U.S. state of Iowa will begin making their choice for the party's next presidential nominee as the 2024 race for the White House gets underway. Iowans will have to brave some brutal weather to make their voices heard, with wind chills as low as 45 degrees below zero and continued heavy snow expected across the state. Presidential hopefuls spent Sunday crisscrossing the state looking to drum up last-minute support ahead of the first-in-the-nation caucuses. With the latest polling showing Donald Trump well ahead of his two closest competitors, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are hoping to win over those voters unwilling to commit to Trump. While Iowa kicks off the voting, each candidate is also looking ahead to the next contest and hoping to head into the New Hampshire primary with as much support as possible. Our Jeff Zeleny looks at what's at stake on Monday in Iowa. Brave the weather and go out and save America because that's what you're doing. Donald Trump is eyeing a knockout victory in Iowa, hoping the first contest sets him on a rocket ride to the Republican nomination. Tomorrow, January 15th, I need each and every one of you to get out. Every, everybody, you get out, just get out and vote. You got to bring your friend. You know, we say plus 10, so plus 10 or plus 2 or plus 20, but bring them all out because we have to set the stage for November. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis in a furious scramble for second place, even as they work to sow seeds of doubt about the electability of the former president. Here in Iowa, you have the ability uh, to change the trajectory uh, of American politics. Do something. You can be the start of the solution that we have. The closely watched Des Moines Register Iowa poll, which showed Trump with a commanding lead, found that 68% of likely caucus goers have made up their minds. But a quarter of voters are still deciding. You're one of those here today. I hope after this uh, that you commit to us and come out tomorrow and help us. The stakes are remarkably high for the Florida governor who's placed his hopes on a strong Iowa finish. He's counting on a robust organization to ward off a late shift towards Haley. As the former South Carolina governor took the stage at weekend rallies, Drew Klein navigated the snow-covered streets of the Des Moines suburbs, going door-to-door -door in search of Haley supporters. Certainly encourage you to get out there. Obviously, we're stomping for Haley. Some Republicans said they intended to brave the elements. Others did not. Do you plan on caucusing on Monday? No. Not going to get out? Oh, it's too cold, buddy. What do you think the weather is going to do for turnout on caucus? There are folks that are going to decide to stay home for sure. Um, we're trying to overcome that as much as possible by um, you know, just kind of laying out to them the, the gravity of, of their votes and their participation, what that means when you're deciding between the couch at 70 degrees or negative 5 degrees outside of your front door. It's, it's tough to get people to go. Tonight, the frigid weather remains the biggest wild card in a race that has been remarkably stable in its dominance by Trump. From summer to winter, with one of his biggest worries now being complacency among supporters. We gotta be sure that we put this thing away. The Iowa caucuses come at a critical moment for the Republican Party, as voters render the first judgments on whether to choose Trump for a rematch with President Joe Biden or move in a new direction. Ann Wagoner said she intends to skip her weekly Bible study to attend her caucus. She knows Trump holds a commanding lead, but she'll support Haley to keep the Republican primary going beyond Iowa. She needs to, to know that people are behind her and the world needs to know that we're serious. 
In the final hours of campaigning before the Iowa caucuses, the weather certainly is a chief concern for all of the campaigns and the candidates. It is simply out of their hands, with the exception of what they're trying to do to keep their supporters warm and get them to those caucus sites all across Iowa. As Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis battle for second place, perhaps a bigger question is, can either of them be a roadblock for Trump's march to the nomination? Jeff Zeleny, CNN, Des Moines. Ron Brownstein is a CNN senior political analyst and senior editor at The Atlantic. He joins me now from Iowa. Always great to have you with us. Hi, Rosemary. Good to be so, indoors. <laughs> absolutely. Good time to be indoors. So Iowa, of course, uh, the first major test of the presidential race is proving to be a fierce battle for second place between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, while Donald Trump enjoys a commanding lead. So who will likely win that coveted second spot? And how might the weather play into this, given this will be apparently the coldest Iowa caucus on record? Yeah, it's my ninth Iowa caucus. It's certainly the coldest one uh, that I can remember. You know, the late polling shows Nikki Haley doing a version here of what she's doing elsewhere, which is that uh, she is consolidating the parts of the party that are the most alienated from the Trump stamp on what the GOP has become. And that's allowed her to move past Ron DeSantis uh, in the final polls, even though DeSantis has put a much greater effort here. He's really staked his whole campaign uh, on Iowa. We'll see if she can maintain that lead in practice tomorrow night um, because two reasons. One, DeSantis does have a stronger organization. And second, Haley is relying on the parts of the Republican coalition that feels the least attached to the modern Republican Party. And whether they will feel sufficiently motivated to come out on a night when it's going to be below zero, black ice, and, you know, horrific wind chills uh, remains to be seen. The larger point, of course, is they both have a long way to go uh, to make Donald Trump sweat. Uh, uh, and it's not just the temperature that, why I say that. Yeah, indeed. So, you know, as we just saw, the most uh, recent polls are showing Nikki Haley moving into that second place in Iowa, although DeSantis is vowing to prove those polls wrong, and we've seen that happen before. But if Haley does win that second spot, should DeSantis and the others uh, bail out of this presidential race, with Haley looking like she could very well win the next big test in New Hampshire, or if not win, at least be not, not far behind Trump? Yeah, you know, I, I guess I feel it doesn't really matter a huge amount whether DeSantis finishes a point or two ahead of Haley or she finishes three or four points ahead of him. Either way, uh, it is kind of a dead end for the Florida governor. As I said, he has staked essentially his whole campaign here. He's followed the playbook uh, that the last three Iowa winners use, Mike Huckabee in 08, Rick Santorum in 12, Ted Cruz in 16. He's burrowed in. He's visited all 99 counties. Uh, he's invested heavily in an organization. He's steered his message to the right. He's attracted tremendous support from the state political leadership, from the governor uh, to the Republican leaders in the House, state House and Senate, uh, to most of the key uh, evangelical leaders in the state. Uh, it's kind of reverse New York, New York. If he can't make it here, can he make it anywhere? Um, uh, he is, uh, you know, polling very poorly uh, in New Hampshire. I think if he does not surprise with an unexpectedly close finish to Trump that gives him some momentum, his race, I think, is effectively over, whether he wants to acknowledge it right away or not. Interesting. And, of course, uh, if Nikki Haley goes on to win the upcoming primary in New Hampshire, or at least comes really close behind no. Trump, how might 
Trump respond to such an outcome? And how could a Haley win change the trajectory of this presidential race, do you think, going forward? Yeah, we're already seeing just tremendously asymmetrical warfare where Trump is both uh, sharply criticizing DeSantis and Haley and spending a lot of money on television, uh, on ads, uh, initially on DeSantis, now more and more on Haley uh, attacking them. I believe that the figure is now up to $32 million in spending by the Trump super PAC against Haley uh, and DeSantis. Meanwhile, the combined amount that Haley and DeSantis have spent against each other is $38 million, but they've only spent $1 million between them uh, against Trump. You know, And Haley, when she differentiates herself from Trump, tries so hard to avoid any kind of value judgment. You know, it's time we need a, a new generation of leadership. Uh, I can win uh, a bigger victory and elect more Republicans, uh, you know, on my coattails. Um, chaos follows him rightly or wrongly. I mean, I think those three words will kind of be the epitaph of her campaign uh, if she doesn't win. She hasn't really been willing to make a clearly articulated case against Trump, even as he turns up uh, the criticism of her. Um, I do think that she is on track to be seen as the one viable alternative to Trump after Iowa and New Hampshire. But if she doesn't develop a stronger rationale for Republican voters to leave the former president, those voters who may be generally favorable to him but are open to an alternative, she's going to run out of uh, a room not long after Ron DeSantis. I mean, I, you know, a, a decent showing here and a strong showing in New Hampshire sets her up to have a shot in her home state of South Carolina, but she's going to have to broaden her coalition to put, uh, uh, you know, put Trump at real risk there. Yeah, indeed. Not long now, we'll know the outcome of the mm -hmm. Iowa caucuses. We'll see what happens there. Ron Brownstein, many thanks for joining us. Appreciate it.